Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. And we've been talking about interest rates staying elevated for perhaps quite some time. And this could be the case for the next few months or even more than that. And this could have negative implications for ESG, particularly in the real estate space. To help us unpack the implications for investors and how this is playing out for property, let's check in now with Regina Lim. She is the Head of Research for APAC at MNG Real Estate. Good morning, Regina. How are you doing today? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, great having you on. So let's lay the backdrop first with a bit of context. When you look at the investor appetite right now, especially in the property space, how has it been shifting against this backdrop of higher rates? As we all know, credit conditions have definitely tightened in the last 12 months and also global economic uh, growth has also slowed. So in Asia-Pacific, where MNG is operating, uh, we have assets in Japan, Korea, Australia, Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, we find that uh, outside of Japan, most of the real estate asset yields are trading below uh, the current cost of debt because the cost of debt has gone up a lot. Now, this negative yield spread and also investors' uncertainty over when interest rates could come down and where they would stabilize has led to a sharp decline in transaction volume here in Asia-Pacific as well as globally. Here, we, we have a better time of it because our volumes are down maybe 25% year-on-year in the first half, uh, whereas in the US and Europe, they are down 55 to 60%. I think APEC has held up better because it's got stronger economic growth, it's got lower inflation and also our banking sector is also much more resilient than in the US and in Europe. All right, Regina, so with this backdrop, it does suggest that maybe investor appetite is taking a bit of a hit and people are getting more picky in terms of where they want to invest and to some extent, maybe they're gravitating towards quality of flock to quality names. Is that having implications in the property sector? Well, I think Historically, uh, funds that buy into real estate uh, can be classified into core funds, which generally buy stable or completed assets that need very uh, minimal upgrading, and they also use lower leverage. And typically, uh, value-added and opportunistic funds, they are the ones who buy riskier secondary assets, and they generate a high return by buying these assets uh, using higher leverage, especially when interest rates are low, and to undertake asset enhancements or redevelopment mm. initiatives. So in this way, they are buying older, uh, browner assets and changing them into greener and more ESG-friendly ones. So in the current climate, you know, there's a reduction in availability or financing. Cost of debt is more expensive, particularly for riskier lending. This has definitely uh, reduced demand from investors which uh, depend on debt. As a result, we think these higher risk, poorer quality risk assets are likely to bear the brunt of any further softening of asset prices. Um, another reason is because occupiers have been moving gradually towards better quality centrally located assets, especially in the, in the office sector to attract uh, employees back to the office. So flight to quality is going to result in relative resilience of core, more prime property with secure cash flows. And the poorer quality assets, on the other hand, are more vulnerable to mm. occupational market risk like vacancies 
especially you know in a very fragile economic environment. Okay. So here we have less capital being available for the required expenditure on refurbishment or redevelopment. So I think it could uh, hinder the improvement of performance of secondary or brown assets. So we we think that over time, we, we would see a bigger disparity between uh, the two asset prices and this green premium of greener assets, uh, which being more expensive, is set to remain a feature uh, of the market. But, you know, core funds like ourselves, we continue to do what we do. You know, we we are not actually buying assets to refurbish. We are buying stabilized assets and we continue to bring them to a path of uh, carbon neutrality. Mm. Uh, what we do is we continue to evaluate the assets that we own for physical risk, seeing whether they will be exposed to climate change. And we engage with our tenants and the local community on sustainability-related issues. Uh, we continue to explore new technology, whether it's um, in solar, energy efficiency features, or waste management to reduce the environmental impact of, of our assets. Uh, but I do see that um, the segment of the market, which is uh, value-add and opportunistic funds, buying assets for upgrading, refurbishment, or redevelopment, that is probably going to slow. Mm, okay, so a flight to quality could see some money um, gravitating towards some of the greener, shinier buildings and for upgrading some of these older buildings, they, they might take a back seat, especially when you mentioned some of these brown, so-called brown assets. So when you look at opportunities out there in the property sector right now, Regina, what are you seeing as attractive? For example, are brown assets perhaps with prices under pressure looking like bargains right now? As you know, interest rates are rising. They, we, there's a lot of uncertainty. We are watching the market closely. We do think that there would be some opportunities where the risk-adjusted returns are very attractive. Uh, we haven't seen it so far, but I think that's going to happen uh, in the next 6 to 12 months. It could be uh, good quality assets uh, in strong locations, uh, but because of tight credit conditions, which will ease over time, uh, they could be mispriced. Or it could be an older asset uh, which uh, has maybe quite a bit of vacancy in, in a central location where we can do some refurbishment and to make it uh, more ESG-friendly, improve the quality for occupiers. And in that sense, you know, the capex risk could be mispriced and we would also buy that kind of assets as well. But in Asia-Pacific, right now, we are very positive about logistics assets as well as uh, residential assets. Also, opportunistically, I think hotel assets provide quite a bit of value as well. All right. How much is it um, in Japan? Because there's quite a bit of optimism about the recovery story there. I think uh, globally, we've seen uh, some return to traveling. So hotel assets globally are doing exceptionally well. Rates are doing far better than pre-COVID levels. And uh, we still haven't seen the full resumption of mm. visitor arrivals back to pre-COVID levels yet, and yet the rates are there. And that's not just in Japan. We also see it in Australia, in Singapore, even in parts of uh, Europe. So it's, it's not just in Japan. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Regina, when we talk about property, we can't leave out China, which is a huge property market. So with the ongoing property slump, how much of a risk is there affecting wider sentiment in the region? Well, 
MNG, we don't actually currently have any assets in China, but we're watching the market closely. Uh, China is a huge economy. It's also a big trading partner with many other countries in Asia-Pacific, like Korea, Japan, Australia, Singapore. You know, if China's not doing well, it's going to affect our exports, uh, whether it's in goods or in, in services. So in the beginning of the year, we did think that China's going to reopen, it's going to pull up. Uh, our growth for the rest of Asia Pacific, but that turned out to be uh, less positive than we expected. But on the other hand, we still have uh, the US doing better than expected. It's not, it's likely not going to go into a recession. And we are seeing a strong growth on track uh, for Australia and even in Japan and Singapore. So we think that uh, this is uh, going, we are going to weather this uh, fine. All right. So that's a great overview of property market in the Asia-Pacific region. We've been chatting with Regina Lim. She's the head of research for APEC at MNG Real Estate. Regina, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.